What's up, everybody? It is a, another edition of Top Rope Nation Extra. This show is hitting the regular feeds this week. So you're, if you are listening on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts, you're probably saying, Ryan, you sound a little bit different. You don't sound as clear as usual. And that's because I'm recording with my phone. This is the weekly bonus show that we do on the Spotify Green Room app, a live show, which anyone can listen to live. Anyone can call into the show when we do these. Uh, but then we issue them as a podcast, as a bonus show every single week over on our Patreon page. So if you like what you hear tonight, you want to get this bonus show every week in addition to the usual flagship show, hit that link in the podcast description. It's patreon.com slash top rope nation. Join up, get an extra show from us each and every, each and every week. Uh, but yeah, we're hitting the, we're hitting the regular feeds a day early this week because there is a ton going on in the world of pro wrestling. And I'm joined tonight by Mr. Justin joint. Justin, we could not wait one more day to talk about everything going on. How are you doing tonight? I, I feel a little overwhelmed. All, all, all the pro wrestling, like I've, I figured coming into tonight, it's like, well, we'll probably just mainly talk about, you know, Big E and NXT 2.0, but holy crap, that dynamite tonight. <laughs> a hot card in Newark, New Jersey, one of the biggest audiences AEW has ever had, by the way, uh, just for your you know, standard AEW dynamite show that didn't have anything announced too far in advance. And the show pretty much got very close to selling out weeks ago. Uh, they had about 12,000 people there. Of course, this proceeds next week's show at the Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York City or the New York City Metro, which is going to be the biggest crowd in AEW history. And Justin, my God, the lineup for that show next Wednesday night. I'm just going to run it down and we're going to talk about it. All right. So they announced tonight at various points through Dynamite the card and we're going to get Malachi Black against Cody Rhodes. We're going to get John Moxley and Eddie Kingston against Minero Suzuki and Lance Archer, we're going to get Brian Pillman Jr. against MJF, a CM Punk interview, Britt Baker defending the AEW Women's Championship against Ruby Soho, Sting and Darby Allin against FTR, oh, and a little match uh, featuring AEW World Champion Kenny Omega against Brian Danielson. This one's going to be non-title, but a dream match. Uh, Justin, how are you feeling about that card? My my knees are weak. I, I I've got butterflies already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they just loaded this thing up. I mean, they're they're swinging for the fences next week. They're you're going to try to pop a big rating. I'm sure the show will do a big rating. The massive crowd, as I mentioned, and um, yeah, I, I mean, know, we, we go ahead. I, I can only assume that after next week and what I'm assuming the ratings will be that. Uh, the the following week, we're going to see Austin come back and beat Reigns for the world title. <laughs> Dude, how about that crowd there, though? Because they're they're recording, of course, well, Dynamite will be live, but then they're also recording Rampage next week um, at the Arthur Ashe Stadium. They're calling that Rampage Grand Slam as well. Uh, next week's Rampage is going to be a two-hour show. And that that is going to feature CM Punk's second match with the promotion. Punk is going to wrestle powerhouse Hobbs. You're going to get Adam Cole and the Young Bucks taking on Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. And Jericho and Hager against the men of the year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page with Dan Lambert. So, I mean, that's going to be a hot show, too. Yeah. yeah Tons I, of notes. I assume there's going to be something else on there. Just three matches on a two-hour show. Yeah, I think they're saving, you know, they're saving a little bit because they announced this Friday's Rampage lineup. We got the the huge dynamite next week. Those ones announced, but I'm sure we'll get to it uh, during next Wednesday night as well. They'll probably announce some of the some of the matches right before they tape them. Um, I I I mentioned this Friday's Rampage. This Friday's Rampage is going to feature the Lucha Bros, the new AEW Tag Team Champions, uh, defending against Butcher and the Blade. It's going to have Miro defending the TNT title against Fuego del Sol and Anna Jay taking on the bunny. So some pre-premier matches this Friday night as well. So long, well, I guess I can't say long-term booking, but announcing matches ahead of time to get you to tune in a novel concept by AEW. And I mean, I'm looking forward to these next three shows quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, how could you not? And they just did an incredible job tonight 
hyping up next week. I mean, just putting that card together a little bit on the fly, it feels like too. A lot of those, I wouldn't say came out of nowhere, but, uh, they definitely, uh, did a lot of working tonight. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we're going to, we're going to have the phone lines open here on Spotify green Group throughout the show. If, if you have anything you want to chime in about as we go, raise your hand, we'll, we'll bring on some callers and, um, I guess, I mean, the first topic we can open up the phone lines for right off the bat is if anyone has thoughts on the, on the lineups for those three shows, and in particular, next Wednesday night's Dynamite, let us know. Raise your hand. We'll get to you. And uh, and then we're going to kind of hit the highlights of what happened tonight at Di- on Dynamite. And then as we get to the end of the show tonight, we're going to talk a little WWE as well. Talk about Big E's title win from Monday night. Talk about the Raw ratings. A little bit maybe on the NXT relaunch. So we got a packed agenda. If you have thoughts, like I said, raise your hand on the app. I'll get to you here momentarily. Uh, let's see. We got we got a hand up right now. So let's bring him on the line. Jacob. Uh, Jacob has tuned into the show before. He's called into the show before. Uh, Jacob, you're on live. The Top Rope Nation podcast. What do you think of Dynamite tonight, and uh, how much are you looking forward to next Wednesday night? Well, I just want to say thank you guys for having me for like the third, fourth time. Uh, <laughs> no problem, man. Um, I enjoyed it. I really did. I'm very excited for next week. Um, I'm, I think it's going to be amazing next week. I'm very excited. Which uh, which match are you looking forward to the most next Wednesday night? Uh, the six man tag team. Oh, the six man. Okay, so yeah, they're with uh, Cole Young Bucks against Luchasaurus. Yep, and the other guys, <laughs> yeah. Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. Jungle yeah, Boy, yeah, Christian Cage, yeah. Yep. They will. They'll be recording that one next Wednesday, but it'll air on Friday. So hey, you got a reason to watch both nights next week. Yeah, I'm very excited. It's gonna be. Any thoughts on uh, Adam Cole's debut AEW match tonight? I thought it was great. I thought it was pretty good. Um, you know, nothing like super special or anything, but the crowd tonight was like incredibly hot right from the get-go. You know, they started out like they barely got through the intro and CM Punk's music hit. Punk comes out, he does commentary through the majority of the show. And then right after Punk does that big entrance, you know, he jumped into the crowd again, about took out this big guy at ringside. Uh, you get Adam Cole coming out and then just the massive pop. I mean, kind of like what we, what we heard in person in Chicago last weekend. And, and Cole versus Kazarian, you look at that, just on paper, it should be a pretty solid match. It was um, eight minutes brief but you know really what you should get to out of adam cole's debut you saw the panama sunrise you saw him win with the running knee in the end solid opening match a good way to get cole on the show right off the bat keep the viewers tuned in but uh, i mean i thought it was what it needed to be what did you think justin i yeah i just exactly what you said it was exactly what it needed to be um a lot of seemingly nxt references on the show tonight you had adam cole tuning up the band for the super mm-hmm. kick tonight. Mm-hmm. Then obviously Christian Cage's comments. Uh, and it seems like there's another one, but like I said, tonight was so loaded that I just can't process everything. Yeah. Uh, so Jericho made some WWE references in his promo. I'm sure we'll get to that. They kind of fell flat though with the crowd, like a little <laughs> flat, I thought, but yeah, Christian mentioned, uh, you know, building up the match that he's going to be in that six man with Adam Cole that, uh, you know, Cole lost a war before against him. Or something something along those yeah. lines. He's used to losing the Wednesday night war, so better add Friday nights. Yeah, that's team. right. Also, also mentioned the Young Bucks dragging Cole out of developmental. Yeah. Not not exactly. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Justin, your, your phone is like going in and out. You kind of sound like you're underwater half the time. I don't know if, what's going on, but... See if you if you can okay, adjust the positioning a little bit. <laughs> um, Jacob, any anything else? Not much, honestly. I enjoyed the oh, somebody left. Oh. He's coming back. He's oh, trying yeah. to reset. Oh yeah, uh, nothing else. I enjoyed the show. Um, it was great, honestly. Shout out to one of the one of my favorite sports owners, Tony Khan. <laughs> 
How do you not love Tony Khan, Jacob? How, how can you not? I know, right? Like, how do you not love this guy? <laughs> so, Jacob, I think, real quick before I let you go, I think you were on the show the first time and I was off because we had ha- I'd had a baby and it was Justin and uh, Kyle on the show. Weren't you the one that called in? This was on our, our Patreon feed on the, the weekly bonus show. Weren't you one that called in and, and said you had recently gotten back into pro wrestling? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. You were like, uh, either you or someone else. Um, I'm 40 years That was 40 Kyle. Years it was old. not, yeah, it was not me. I was not on the show, but I, I heard it. It was very funny. <laughs> yeah, everybody, yeah, we were laughing so hard. It yeah. Was, it was great. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you tuning in again and calling in. And uh, hopefully we'll talk next week after Dynamite again. Oh, yeah, man. I appreciate you guys for having me for like, for came account. You know, you guys, I wish you had nothing but the best on the podcast, boys. Thank you. Subscribe. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate it. I think I am subscribed. Awesome. Spread the word. Well, uh, I appreciate you, boys. Appreciate you too, man. Take care. All right. So Justin Joint, I think I got him back. Justin, how are you there? I'm back. Do I sound better? Calling in from 10,000 feet under the seat. No, you sound a little, better, a little better right now, I think. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know. It was a connection issue, probably. You sound good now. I'll let you know if it comes up again. So, yeah, we got a few people on the line. You want to jump in? Let me know. Raise the hand. We'll get to anyone that wants to call in on the show. Justin, go ahead, sir. I just want to go back to the kind of the brilliance of Tony Khan. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the little things that you don't, you know, that uh, it's our problem with WWE is not even that they don't follow through with things, but that they, they don't take small things and use it and build off of it. For instance, this whole Suzuki incident tie that they had tonight. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's such a small, meaningless thing, but the fans noticed it. They talked about it online, and so they made basically an entire storyline out of it. You know, it's that kind of little things that's the attention to detail that fans really appreciate. Also, I for the first time, I don't know if they've actually done this before, but when Punk came out at the beginning, he's listed as a six-time world champ, which which I mm-hmm. believe is five in WWE. And I'm assuming the other one is Ring of Honor. It's either that or it's ECW chip WWE, but I can't imagine they count that. <laughs> You're saying you don't count the WWE ECW championship? <laughs> no, nope, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I think so six times. So yeah, he was the uh, world heavyweight champion three times, the WWE champion two times. You're right the ECW champion one time ring of honor one time. So I don't, I don't know. You would have to ask Tony Khan in their calculation, which one are they factoring in there? But I mean, personally, the ROH title would mean more to me than yes, the WWE CW title, but either way, a six time champ. I like that. I like how they include that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, let's get to the, I guess, some of the highlights. Um, we don't have to review every single segment for the show. You know, we can we can just kind of talk about this as it ebbs and flows as we go through this. And, you know, depending on if we have callers, what they want to talk about. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, I, th- I thought the show started off so hot because, like I said, you got Punk, you got Adam Cole. And uh, <laughs> this MJF promo, Justin. Well, hey, this guy. How, how are you doing? How are you doing, Ryan, after that promo? <laughs> They're in New Jersey, the Garden State, the home of New Jersey's favorite son, my favorite musician, Bruce Springsteen. And, of course, Maxwell Jacob Friedman had to mention Bruce Springsteen and bash the boss. And I was not taking kindly. We were texting with Kyle, and I said, I'm hot right now. I'm hot. I'm fed <laughs> up with this MJ up. What a heel. What a heel. Um, he said he was going to address... Brian Pillman Sr. tonight, and he started looking up at the rafters. And then he said, no, no, he got it wrong. And he looks down towards hell and starts talking. He runs down the Pillman family. Um, he talks about Methany Pillman, Melanie Pillman, and how she made the worst second-generation wrestler. Oh, man. Justin, this was just, I mean, nuclear heat from that crowd in New Jersey for MJF. It was great stuff. It's it's perfect. He's the best heel in wrestling. I don't know how you can argue against it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, so, yeah. Is perfect. You're going underwater again, man. <laughs> I hate to say it. 
<laughs> I don't know, man. Just try to keep the phone. At, this is what happens. You know, normally we got the fancy mics out and this isn't an issue, but sometimes the app kind of messes with us a little bit. So a little peek behind the scenes here, but I try to hold mine just straight in front of my face, almost like a mic the whole time. I don't know if it helps or not, but Kyle always comes through clear as day. I think it's just because his voice carries so much though. <laughs> Let me see. Do I, do I still have Justin? Is he there? Yeah, I'm still afraid of talk now. Yeah, it's like in and out. It's I don't know. You guys in the chat, are you hearing that or is it just on my end? It kind of goes like a little underwater sounding a little bit. I don't know. Try to get a fix so that people who are listening on the podcast version aren't aren't bugged the whole time. So I don't even I don't think I'm gonna edit this out even, Justin. I'm just gonna keep it in. This is gonna be raw footage, but I don't know. Maybe just set the phone down like on a table in front of you and keep it one spot. I don't know how you're holding your phone. I can't see you. But all right. Um, all right. So oh, we got a no, we don't have a speaker request. Okay, I thought we had a caller. But yeah, this was a this was great stuff. We got Brian Pillman running out and uh he bring a, a chair to the ring. Wardlow was out there, of course. Wardlow pulled the chair away, MJF ran off. And then Pillman ran off Wardlow with the chair eventually. It was a great, great segment to build up the match you're going to have in New York City next week. And they followed that up with a backstage promo with Jim Ross and Brian Pillman Jr. And this is such a great opportunity, this this whole story, because as Justin mentioned, MJF is arguably the best heel in the business. And, you know, he's been working with the Blondes, doing the tag team thing. I think that should absolutely continue. But he's kind of getting a shot here to show that he can work a top tier feud uh, or near top tier feud as a singles wrestler. And this was a chance for him to show a serious side, you know, show some personality. So it's this sit down interview backstage with Jim Ross and JR is telling the story of how he heard about Brian Pillman when he was born. And uh, he talks about how he felt bad last week after what happened with MJF and how he talked to his family at ringside and everything. And, uh, Pillman was very, very serious, came across, you know, with a lot of emotion in this segment, stared straight at the camera, talked about how he was fighting for his life. Uh, He said that MJF has never faced a wrestler like him. And uh, he's not stepping into the ring with just anybody. He's stepping into the ring with a Pillman. And I thought this was very good. Justin, what did you think? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Although it doesn't feel like the fans are totally into Pillman Jr. yet. Right. Like he got a great reaction as you would expect in Cincinnati last week. Uh, but to do it everywhere where he's not just the hometown kid, it's uh it's gonna be a challenge. But I mean, like I said, it's a it's a huge opportunity for him because you know, you know, down the line he wants that singles push, and this is where he can get some of that on tape to show that it, it's something that he can do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the second match on the show, uh some serious talent in the ring, a tag team match. You get FTR out there taking on Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. And I don't know, man, I felt like it was okay, but it kind of fell a little bit flat to me. I mean, you, you follow up having punk out there. Punk's on commentary still at this point, but you had Adam Cole's debut. You had Adam Cole doing the promo post-match. I don't think we even mentioned that, but that's where they set up the six man match um, for next Friday night. And so you get them out there and you're like, all right, this is, this is probably going to be a pretty good match. They go 10 minutes, FTR wins. Again, like it was, it was okay, but it, it wasn't anything special. You got, you know, like the high spots from Dante that you would expect. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just, it was okay. What did you think of this? Yeah. I, you know, I think it was just a match to get FTR a win and to once again showcase mm-hmm. Dante Martin. And you, it mm-hmm. definitely built. I thought the you know the last half was definitely a, a lot better than the first half, but uh, I agree with you. It's going to be hard though. It's going to be hard to put that match in the middle of you know this show, especially with the way it is. Yeah. So I mean, either way though, like the crowd was still absolutely into it. Um, there was people that uh, I follow on social media, wrestling media members, uh, friends of mine in the crowd that night, and and they or tonight, and they were talking about how how hot this crowd was. Um. Even John Alba, he had, he had tweeted that this was like one of the hottest wrestling crowds for any show he's been at. And I know he was at All Out, you know, last weekend with us. And he was, he kept talking about how hot this crowd was. It was a bigger crowd than was in Chicago too, um, bigger arena. But 
you know, they were they were fired up for the match. I just felt like watching on television, it, it wasn't much, much special. And I liked everyone that was in the ring, you know, quite a bit. We we talked about it on the pod before that, you know, Dante, this guy has a has a very, very high ceiling. And yeah, I mean he got he got the high spots in, but as you would expect, FTR won with the big rig. I did think it was interesting that they pinned Dante rather than Matt, but I don't know. It probably doesn't mean too too much in the grand scheme of things. But um let's see, what did we get after this? We had Malachi Black come out and he talked about how there was an imposter. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say just real quick, right before that, I thought they had a really good quick promo, uh, giving a little bit of history about uh, Suzuki and Archer being a tag team yes. previously. Which, uh, for someone like me who doesn't pay all that close attention to New Japan, uh, that's really helpful to, to know that, to know that the you know they were Suzuki Gun. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job telling that story. They don't just assume you know, which you know is sometimes the problem in WWE when they call up NXT talent and they just kind of assume you know who they are and they, they don't do a good job telling the backstory. Obviously, here they need to do it even more so because it, it's a foreign promotion and everything. But you know, there is a huge crossover between New Japan fans and AEW fans. But I think it's good that they don't just assume you know that story. And it so, adds, to- yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Absolutely. So Malachi's out there. He's talking about how there's an imposter in the crowd. And they go to Rosario Dawson, who is uh, Cody Rhodes's uh, fellow co-host on the, the Go Big Show, or whatever it's called, on TNT. She's in the crowd. She's wearing a Cody shirt. And she comes into the ringside area, and Black comes out to confront her. And then in the background, so they, they show this from the angle where you can see Cody emerge in the crowd, and he comes down the 100 level. He's wearing a bright red coat. And he comes up from behind. This is Cody's return. And he gets into this brawl with, brawl with Malachi Black. They brawl all over ringside and into the crowd. And then they just went to a commercial, which was a little odd. And when they came back, that was it. So <laughs> they talked about how they, they had battled, that they're going to be having this match next uh, Wednesday night at, in New York City. Nice to see Cody back. The bra- I mean, the crowd, again, was super hot for this brawl and, and Cody's return and everything. But it kind of for the television viewer, it kind of ended abruptly because they just kind of cut to commercial. I thought when they came back from commercial, uh, maybe they'd still be going at it. But no, that was it. What did you think of Cody's return? Uh, that one fell a little flat for me. If if only because like I guess my thought was the shot might have been cool, but I was like, wait, why is he coming out of the crowd? Why was he up there? You know, why is mm-hmm. he up there in Moxley? Moxley? <laughs> yeah, I guess he wanted to surprise everybody with his return or something. But yeah, he, he came yeah, down the yeah. steps kind of like John Moxley. So I, you know, um, I like uh, yeah. Gregorio Dawson, but I just I didn't get that part of it either. Or you should say I just didn't care. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't watch the Go Big Show, so I don't. Uh, I don't really know the connection there. I know her as an actress; she's been in a lot. Um, but it, yeah, it was nice that they explained, you know, why she would be wearing a Cody Rhodes shirt and why I guess why she would be at, be at ringside. But uh, it wasn't as good as. Well, yeah, it wasn't as. I'll say this: it wasn't as good as the next segment. <laughs> this this did fall a little flat too. Um, a lot of swearing tonight, Justin Joint. Uh, Chris Jericho has this face off. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It seems like Chris Jericho like just swears to get a pop from the crowd, but hey, it works. So um, it comes off a little forced to me sometimes. But Dan Lambert's out there, and you know he's got the whole team with him. Uh, Paige Van Zant was there with him this week, and he's got Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, of course. And he he does the usual thing, you know, talking down wrestling fans. Uh, he talked something about like you could tell who the most popular uh, wrestlers are in the crowd in his day because or who the most popular wrestlers are to the crowd in his day because you would go out to the merch stands and you know you would see which shirts sell the most and he he said something like the the merch now you go out there and like all the men's smalls are sold out and all the women's extra larges are sold out or so, something like that <sighs> running down, down the fans. And then comes out Chris Jericho with Jake Hager. And Jake Hager was basically just hanging out looking like Frankenstein with the same look on his face the entire time throughout this segment as Jericho spoke. And Jericho's 
swearing off and on. Uh, This is where he brought up Brock Lesnar. He talked about how he had had, you know, he's making the MMA connection. And he talked about how he had had a a fight with an MMA beast a few years ago, you know, mentioning Brock Lesnar. And it didn't really seem like the crowd got that reference, I didn't think. Um, He mentioned someone else. I think he followed followed that up with a reference to who I believe to be Goldberg. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, we called Goldberg out too. And the crowd did not really react to either of those whatsoever. Uh, but they, they ended up setting up the match where it's going to be Jericho and Hager taking on Paige and Sky um, next week at uh, at Grand Slam. So, I don't know, like I, like I said, every time Jericho swore, the crowd popped for it. Comes off a little forced to me, but it worked. They got, they got to the match. That's what they want to do. So, I don't know. It, it accomplished what they needed to. Of of course, you know, I, I normally watch Dynamite on DVR, you know, kind of a little bit later. Uh, but tonight I was mm-hmm. watching, so I do the screen room with you. And so I let my kid watch some of it with me. And of course, oh, no. you know, never heard this much <laughs> swearing ever on the show. Yeah. Luckily, I don't think he caught me in there. Um, I got to ask you, I thought it was kind of funny, but did you catch CM Punk's comment? Saying uh, Dan Lambert is Bobby Heenan with an affliction wardrobe. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. I like that. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> kind of like you. Uh, my oldest kid was watching with me, and she's watching right before the MJF promo happens. And I was like, "All right, time to go brush your teeth." <laughs> I was like, "You gotta, you gotta leave the room now." <laughs> God, parenthood and watching professional wrestling. It's always difficult, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right, so we get to Jade Cargill, Layla Hirsch. This match is eight minutes. Um, very competitive match. Both of them looked really good, I thought. Uh, obviously, there's a huge size differential here. Uh, but I, I thought this was really good. It was one of the better women's matches they've had in recent weeks, and, and both of them got the spotlight. I love Jade Cargill's theme song, by the way. It's a banger. Great theme song. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, in the end, Cargill wins. She pins Layla Hirsch. You like this one? Yeah, I was a little distracted. This was uh, the kid going downtime. So I, okay, I missed a little okay, bit. Yeah. I enjoyed the size difference, though, from what I did catch. <laughs> yeah. So this is where we got the setup for punk's second match with AEW. So like I said, he's out there in commentary. What did you think by the way, about having CM Punk on commentary? Did you like that? Do you think they shouldn't have him out there that much? Cause we, we had talked about this on the pod recently on, um, you know, whether or not CM Punk was being overexposed with, with all the talking he's done recently. And funny enough, my daughter who was watching with me when he came out at the beginning of the show. She even said, is punk going to wrestle? I was like, no, he's just going to talk. And she's like, how come all he ever does is talk? <laughs> so like, he's on there a lot. Like you understand why they want to get CM Punk on the shows a lot, but at some point you do have to be a little bit careful with overexposing him. If you want him to continue to feel special, but he was great in the commentary role. So I, I can't complain too much. What, what did you make of that? Kind of the same feelings is like, you know, I'm assuming if what they're paying him, they want him on the show every week. He's, you know, he's probably not ready to wrestle very often. So I, I think it's pretty good use for him. And he's good on it, too. He's a, I think he's a pretty good commentator. Yeah. Now, I, I was a big fan of this segment for a couple of reasons. So not only because it set up Punk's second match with the promotion, but also I think what we're going to get afterwards. So Punk's at commentary and out comes Taz. He's talking about, oh, hey, hey, you think you're taking you're taking my spot, right? On commentary, and, and Punk's like, I'm not taking your spot. And hooks with him, looking like he just rolled out of bed. <laughs> that hair. <laughs> Everyone on social media, you know, has been talking and joking around about Hook versus Punk is the dream match. So he's out there, and uh, they get up and see him, Punk's face. And Punk kind of backs him up. Uh, he stands up. They're face-to-face on the entranceway. And out of nowhere comes Powerhouse Hobbs. And he just freaking wiped out CM Punk from behind. He, he hit him really, really hard. Uh, so if Punk's not ready to wrestle, this woke him up. That is for sure. He um, Hook, Hook tells the announcers to get out of the way. And then Hobbs slammed Punk on the announce table. Did not break. <laughs> 
table did not break. So Punk took a hard slam here. He zoomed in on him, you know, selling it and everything. And then, as I said earlier, Punk is going to wrestle next Friday night on Rampage. It will be taped Wednesday at the Arthur Ashe Stadium, and he's going to wrestle Powerhouse Hap so that he'll be out for his revenge. And they announced, though, that Punk is going to have an interview on Dynamite next week. And this is why I'm so excited. This should be a hell of an interview because, you know, what we've seen from CM Punk so far is really just he's out there having fun. He's very positive. But, like, we haven't seen a whole lot character-wise from him. And we know from Punk's history. Yeah, happy to be here. Exactly. But we know from Punk's history that he is great when he's irked about something, whether he's a heel or he's a baby face, but he's angry, right? I mean, look no further than the pipe bomb. Mm -hmm. Next week, he'll finally have that angle where he is pissed off because of what happened here. And it should be by far the best promo he has had in the promotion so far. I mean, even better than his debut promo, which was great. And I watched multiple times, but we're going to get, you know, that other layer of the character next week and he's going to be hot and it should be awesome. What did you like about this? I, you know, honestly, I really liked what, uh, Taz's stable did that, you know, that stiff shot from Hobbs and that table mm-hmm. spot looked absolutely brutal. And of course it's all leading to, you know, what would, Sell out the uh, Detroit Silverdome, that big punk and hook match. That's what everybody's doing. <laughs> there we it's go. They're going to have to book, book the Dallas Cowboys Stadium or something. It's probably nothing, but in the the screen grab for when they were announcing all the matches, and for Punk and Hobbs, in the background was Hook in wrestling gear. What I assume to be his wrestling gear, anyway. So probably nothing, but mm. you know, maybe to something to keep your eye on for all you. Uh, Hookites out there. Hookites. I love it. <laughs> Trying to tug at our heartstrings a little bit. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So here's where we get the former WCW rivals at ringside because we got Darby Allen with Sting taking on the chairman Sean Spears out there with Tully Blanchard. And it was a fast paced match. It was a fun match. I mean, Darby Allen always gets the great reaction from the crowd. I guess the big things to call out here is early in the match. You had Sean go out out and get a towel, and he put water on it, and then he went to like rub Darby's face paint off. I thought that that was nice. Uh, late in the match, to set up the finish, uh, Spears was sent to the outside, uh, like right by the entranceway, and he was on the stairs. And Darby came through the middle ropes with a suicide dive, wiping him out. It was a pretty crazy spot. He immediately gets Spears back in the ring, hits a coffin drop, gets the pinfall. Uh, what'd you think of the match, Justin? Yeah, pretty good matches, more about the finish, um, and absolutely loved the whole face paint thing with Darby and then Sting, uh, you know, after being, having a, ba- a brain buster pile driver, kind of playing into those issues that he had when uh, in his match with Seth Rollins. So I, I love this entire segment, especially setting up their match. Yeah, dude. So Sting takes a spike pile driver from FTR in the in the post match. So FTR comes out, obviously, and for Sting to take that was insane. Uh, yeah, Sting also, as Justin said, like he got his face paint wiped off to a similar spot with the, with the uh, towel and the water and everything. Uh, Tully got in the ring. They teased uh, the Tully Sting face off, and, and then Tully hit Sting with the chair. Sting, this is where Sting went face to face with him. And then that's when FTR came out. We got that little brawl there. So this, this sets up the match for next week with uh, Sting and Darby and FTR. This is what I love about AEW. This is what was running through my head at this point was like how you're always getting fresh matches. Like you never know what's coming. You know, like you had this one here. It was a fun match. And oh, now we're getting Sting in the ring with FTR next week. Like it, every single show is so different. It does. It never seems like we're watching the same thing each and every week. Yeah, absolutely, man. That, that you said it. So yeah, exciting product. And speaking of exciting, Brian Danielson comes out to the ring next, and uh, they, they aired a, a video promo before this talking about how Brian was talking to the camera, talking about how he's going after Kenny Omega, not the rest of the elite. He wants Kenny to be his first match. And then Tony Shivani calls Brian out to the ring, comes out, of course, the crowd hot, doing the yes chance. Brian not leading the yes chance. I don't know that he can legally, but the crowd doing it. And he gets ready to talk. You know, Shivani asked Brian about Kenny Omega. 
And Brian basically says that's the match he wants. He asks the crowd if, if they want it. And very quickly, no entrance music. Don Callis interrupts with Kenny Omega behind him. They come out to the ring. There's some pretty damn funny lines here from Don Callis. Don Callis was great in this segment. He gets in the ring and he calls Brian. Oh, here he is, the hippie millionaire. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, what a sanctimonious son of a bitch you are. <laughs> <laughs> this was great. I mean, he had a lot of one-liners on, and this, those are the ones that I wrote down in my notes. But he was really good here. Um, and then Brian ends up basically saying that this match he wants is not about the title. He says that down the line it will be about the title, but right now it's going to be about who's the best wrestler in the world. And he wants uh, he wants Kenny Omega in a match. Now they never said that the match was going to happen next week. That was announced later after Kenny ends up accepting the match despite protests from Don Callis here that uh, we'll have the non-title match next week. So, Justin, I want to ask you a couple of things. Number one, what you like about this segment? What would you think of it? And number two, do you think we're headed for a situation where, since it's non-title, Brian gets the win and they immediately go back to it as the title match for full gear? Do you think that's the direction they're going in? It sure seems like it. But they, I mean, they, in a way, just did that with Christian. I mean, granted, that was for mm-hmm. the Impact title, so it wasn't a non-title match. But they, it kind of feels like the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would be totally okay with that, especially if Full Gear ends up in Minnesota. <laughs> That's for sure. Was that a little Minnesota accent I just heard? Minnesota? <laughs> Sorry, Aaron Graham. Um, Sorry. The only thing I didn't like about the segment is once again, it, it was just shit, 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 this, shit, that, shit, that. Um, but I like <laughs> Brian swearing just for the hell of it. Yeah. I, I liked getting serious Kenny Omega. I think that's the right way to go into this match. Cause I mean, this really is a, a dream match. I know they've, you know, had matches before, but not with the stature mm-hmm. that these guys have. Now. And to get that on live TV is just insane, which that almost makes you think. I mean, I it's, it's not in Tony Khan's DNA, I don't think, to do kind of a shenanigans finish. Uh, maybe save a you know a pinfall for a later date. But I don't know, man. You're right. I think it does feel like, a, you know, Brian get it, God, Brian, I'm so bad at this name thing. Brian Danielson uh, getting the win to lead into a match at full gear definitely seems like the direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like you get a guy like Brian Danielson, and that's the match everyone wants. And it, it feels like you do have to do it right off the bat here with him because it was so. I mean, obviously, signing Punk was huge, but to get Brian, who was just in a WrestleMania world title match this year, it's like you, it feels like you got to go right to it. So I, I wouldn't have a problem with it if that's what they do. Uh, but like, as you said, Justin, he talked about how, you know, Kenny has been doing kind of the goofy stuff with his sidekicks lately, but Brian wants the God of wrestling, pro wrestling, uh, God of pro wrestling, Kenny Omega. He said, he, he basically irked Kenny to get him to agree to the match. He said that he had heard rumors that, uh, Kenny's lost a step and that he's hurting, which is true. He is hurting in real life. Uh, but Brian said he doesn't believe it. He thinks that Kenny just lost his balls. And this is where Kenny accepted the challenge. They had to stare down crowd went crazy. Good segment. Going to be a freaking awesome television main event next week with a massive crowd of 20,000 people watching it. So really, really, really looking forward to that one. And uh, yeah. Do you think, I mean, is, Daniel or uh, Brian Danielson, the next champion, or do you somehow get Hangman Page into this and to get to get that at first? Yeah, good question. I think that you got to go with what's hot, and you know we have talked about this for months on the pod about Hangman. He's on fire. He's the next world champion. He should be the next world champion. Look, Hangman Page is going to be a world champion in this promotion. Um. But depending on how the next few weeks go, if it's the right move and you look at, you know, potential challengers on the horizon and and you think Brian's got a a great lineup of challengers coming at him, you got it. I think you got to do it, man, because I think I think Paige can get it eventually. Now, 
I'm not saying I would do it. And if I was a betting man, I still, I don't think Brian's going to win the title. In fact, I think if I was betting, I think Punk would get the title before Brian. Oh, ooh, I right disagree. Now. I disagree. I don't, Just I don't know look, if we'll ever see Hmm. I don't know. It could happen like around revolution. I just, I don't know. I don't, I see the way I see this going is Brian winning this match next week. They set up a return match for the title and Kenny still wins, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could do it. And I don't think that you should commit to page just because like he deserves it or because, you know, he has had that, hot couple of months and this has been an ongoing storyline for well over a year because the storyline can always continue uh and if brian really catches fire you know and that show next week does a huge rating and everything you, you might need to go that direction I and mean, what, what do you think do you think you that know, they would do it well i i think it would actually do wonders for hangman page if you have omega beat brian clean and he can just continue this like you know nobody can beat me stuff and then you have mm-hmm. hangman page come back and i think that makes hangman's win all that more impressive and it makes him even more if if he beats the guy that beat brian danielson mm-hmm. yeah i don't know man it'll be it'll be interesting to see you know like how the heel face dynamic plays out too because i know a lot of people have been talking about punk's enjoying this right now the crowd's crazy for him, but I mean, every, everybody expects a punk heel run down the line, I think. So, I mean, I think he would be a great heel champion too at some point. So if they did go to Paige or Brian, like I could see him winning it as a heel even down the line. But right now, I just, I'm, I don't know. My gut tells me if I had to pick Brian or punk to win the title first, just, just the way that they've booked the Brian thing with the non-title match first, that, I feel like punks may be more likely, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's planned for him uh, in the immediate future after this whole Taz thing. So and the feuding with Taz's guys and stuff, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, right. I'm, I'm the idiot who was kind of rooting for Darby to beat punk at all out. So <laughs> we got a couple people in the chat. Yeah. The punk heel run will be great. Says, uh, what is this baby daddy Kings champ? I love that. Love that username. That's great. Great stuff. Yeah, chiming in in the chat. But uh, he also said, Hangman returns at Arthur Ashe. Yeah, I could definitely, definitely see that happening. So this was good. And then we got to our main event. Uh, also, yeah, I should mention Miro accepted the challenge that Del Sol said earlier for the TN title, TNT title. We did mention earlier in the show that that match is going to happen this Friday night. Uh, they continued to build up Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy with Matt noting that Cassidy broke his nose. And so he's going to take his hair. Uh, And when we get to Moxley and Eddie Kingston taking on 2.0, I mean, John Moxley, I mean, this is another guy who's, you know, hanging. He could be the champ at any point in time too. We know he already carried the towel for a long time, but this guy gets as strong as reactions from the crowd as anybody out there. And yeah, him and Eddie coming out great moment with this massive, massive crowd. Um, a fun match, uh, nothing too special. Uh, really what it all led to was after the match when Suzuki came out and Archer came out and they had the brawl, uh, where Moxley and Suzuki paired off and, uh, Archer and Kingston paired off. What did you think of the main event, Justin? Um, I just like the, the poetry that the only 2.0 that mattered this week was main eventing dynamite and not on Tuesday. <laughs> if you guys are in the chat, I'd love to get your take on um, on the new NXT set and what we saw last night from NXT because we can talk about that too here in, here in a few minutes. But yeah, this is how it went off the air. I mean, the, the match ended with Moxley and Kingston victorious and then there was a few minutes worth of, of this brawl um, to set up the tag match that is going to happen next week at that big show. So, yeah, man, hell of a dynamite, a great crowd. I don't know how you can't be looking forward to the next three shows that this company's putting on, but a lot, a really, really fun time to be following this promotion. Absolutely. So, let's see. Should we talk Big E? Should we talk the former Iowa Hawkeye winning the WWE Championship? 
on Monday night. How can we not? What a great moment. Now, as much as we complain about the WWE product these days, and rightfully so, <laughs> and you know, I think you look at this one too, and I think that they booked, you know, announcing in advance that Big E was going to be cashing in. It was clearly a ratings ploy, uh, you know, because they had Monday night football to go head to head with. And also, I think there's an aspect of the fact that AEW topped Raw last week in the 18 to 49, and they didn't want that to happen again. Uh, it might happen again, <laughs> looking at the ratings Raw did. But, you know, they announced that, that uh, Big E's going to be cashing in on Lashley after his match with Orton, which was in the main event segment. Big E winning the WWE title. Just just a great moment. You look at social media after this happened, and, I mean, everybody was so happy for this guy. We have been pumping the praises on Top Rope Nation of Big E for a long, long, long time. I know around a year ago we were really pushing for him to uh, to win the Royal Rumble and to go on to WrestleMania. Obviously, that didn't happen, but he's finally done it. He's the world champion. What a moment, Justin Joint. Uh, take us from there. Well, what interested me was the conversation, at least that I saw online afterwards, because uh, a lot of people were pointing out, it's like, you know, this feels like a reaction to Raw being beaten in the ratings by AEW, mm-hmm. and that they were kind of shotting Big E to pop a rating. And people were upset about that, being like, just enjoy the moment, enjoy the moment. And it's like, yeah, I am enjoying the moment. These two things don't have to be mutually exclusive, you know. You can you can enjoy the moment for Big E and also point out that this is kind of because of AEW being actual competition now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I felt kind of like you too, because I'm a little worried. We know how reactionary Vince McMahon is, and so like when the rating came out, I was a little nervous because you know they got stiff competition from the NFL and the NFL has really been popping back in a big way already now with, uh, you know, crowds back and everything. People are excited about sports here in the United States. And uh, definitely raw was hurt by, by uh, the Monday night football game between the the Raiders and Ravens, which was a pretty crazy game by the way. Uh, but yeah, I mean this, this match and the cash in, definitely helped Raw's rating. It would have done way below what it did. So the show ended up doing uh, 1.67 million viewers on average and a 0.43 rating in the 18 to 49 demo. But if you follow Raw's ratings, um, what usually happens is as the show goes on, the viewers tune out. Uh, but what actually happened for Raw on Monday night is the third hour did the highest viewers of any of the three. The, the first hour did 1.67 million. Uh, the second hour, 1.63. But then the last hour of the show, 1.7. So certainly, you know, you saw the fall off from hour one to two. And then there's usually a fall off on in hour three. If they didn't have Big E doing this, the show would have done a much worse rating. So he did help. But I really hope that, you know, Vince doesn't look at this and say, my God, you know, this is one of our worst demo ratings in a long time. I think it was... I think it was one of their worst ratings since early July, if I remember right, at least in the demo. Um, and, you know, he doesn't give Big E a long title run or something. Like, I hope that that doesn't happen and they give this guy a chance to run with it because I do think that he he is a big star waiting to happen. And I think if they give him a chance with the title and they don't just make this, you know, for a few weeks, he can do good stuff. But I'm I'm worried because, as I said, Vince McMahon is so reactionary to these ratings sometimes. And if he has like a predisposition towards a wrestler, if one single thing goes wrong in the past, he has shown that he will use that to justify not pushing them rather than giving them that long-term shot. So that that's what I'm worried about. Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam beating John Cena for the title. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that didn't get as good buys as they hoped, but you know, and that's yeah. the whole thing. Cause like I had some people, you know, Ask me, it's like, hey, is this the turning point for WWE? It's like, well, no. I mean, the rest of the show sucked. <laughs> it was like it was all built around Big E. Everything with Big E was fantastic on the show, and that's that's why I think that rating built is because they basically said you're going to see a title change, and everybody loves Big E as they should because he rules, and they just need to let him be him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it worked, and. and 
a lot of the pessimism from people like me is because like nothing has really changed. It's the same company, the same guy is in charge, the same creative team is in charge. Um, you know, I I hope they, I hope he gets a great title run like they gave Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre before that. Um, we're just gonna ha- kind of have to wait and see. And you know, and the other thing is, is like we got this title kind of out of nowhere. Like we said, it's a reactionary hot situation. Um, but it's also like it's this baby face coming in to take advantage of a heel who was playing injured from a knee injury who had just had a match against, uh, you know, I guess what would be considered one of the greatest. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and we, we, we've talked about this whole money in the bank thing for a long time. I would have much preferred if, you know, he just – you know, said, Hey, I want a match. And he actually had a match and actually won the title. But, you know, I guess they can do that down the road. Have to, I, I think they have to actually do that is he needs to have a match against Bobby Lashley and beat him. Um, yeah. Cause hopefully the whole knee thing wasn't them kind of protecting Lashley. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would have preferred, I would have preferred this happening at SummerSlam to give Biggie even a bigger stage. But it's really there at this point. Agreed. I mean, as a baby face, I would have preferred him to say, I'm cashing it at SummerSlam. It's going to be a triple threat. He wins in front of the massive crowd. It would have just been an amazing pop. That would have been the way to do it rather than the hot shot booking. I try, like I said, I tried to enjoy it. I did enjoy it, but it's hard to not look at it through that other lens, too. And, you know, despite what that rating was, which again, I looked it up, I think it was the lowest 18 to 49 demo the show has done since July 5th. But, you know, to be expected, Monday Night Football premiered against them. But you, you break it down, and the first hour of the show did a point zero or a 0. 0.40 rating. That's for the first hour of the show, which usually does, you know, towards the top what they do for the three hours. So they didn't have Big E cashing in later in the show. I think it would have gone even you know, downhill from there. And they wouldn't have had that, uh, what I say, 0.43 average for the night because they went up hour two, 0.42. And then hour three, 0.45, the highest rated hour of the show in 18 to 49. And also the highest viewership of the show. And it's because of what they did with Biggie. So rather than looking at him as, Hey man, he headlined this show that did so poorly. I think they should look at it under the lens of he headlined this show, which could have been a hell of a lot worse if we didn't have him on top. So totally agree. I, I really hope they see it that way. Yeah. Now it is the case though, where AEW may top them yet again, not in total viewers because with Raw's 1.6 million, I don't think AEW is going to do that 1.67 million. Um, but in the demo, like they did last week. So raw averaged 0.43 in the demo this week. Now, last week, Dynamite did 0.53 in that demo. Now, that, of course, was the debut of Brian Danielson and Adam Cole and Ruby Soho on AEW TV after All Out. The week before last week, Dynamite did a 0.37. So they went up 0.16 after all those people joined the roster. Now, I think it will probably be down a little bit from 0.53, but it might be in that same ballpark. I don't think it's going to be as low as a 0.37. By the time a lot of you are listing, this number will probably be out. Maybe I'll sound like an idiot. But you know, with Raw doing a 0.43 and Dynamite doing a 0.53 last week in the demo, it seems pretty likely to me that Dynamite's going to top it again, but we shall see. It, it, it'll be close, I think. So interesting stuff to follow that, though, because, you know, as as Dynamite continues to ramp up popularity, uh, they're going to get closer and closer to the overall viewership. The one thing that's hurting Dynamite in that department is they're not real popular with women. Um, WWE does much better ratings with women. So and this is what AEW is trying to do with that roads to the top with Cody and Brandy, the, the reality show. They're trying to draw on women to the product with that because that's what Total Divas did for WWE. They're trying to do the same thing, because until they close that gap a little bit with women viewers, I don't think that they can top Raw in viewership, even with WWE trending downward and with the competition from Monday Night Football. It's getting closer, but I think they got to get some more women viewers to uh, tune in. I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, Dynamite's a little bit raunchier show with the language. They often have blood on the show. That's a little bit of a turnoff to women viewers, but uh, maybe roads to the top will will help 
We'll see. But, you know, at least in the 18 to 49 demo, which is which is the most important part of the ratings, that's what the networks look at when they're doing TV contracts, because it's what it's the advertising demo to have Dynamite Top Raw last week was pretty gigantic. And and it may happen again this week. We will find out on Thursday afternoon. Uh, Justin Joint, what did you think of the NXT 2.0 set? The new look. Um, it's all right. I, I don't think I was as into it as everybody else. I didn't hate the previous one. It was probably a little too dark. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's NXT needed a change. It needed a fresh coat of paint. Um, I do not think the goodwill last night's show got will last. I, I think it could go downhill pretty quickly. The Champa title win was kind of a head scratcher. I don't quite understand that. If, it, if it's only just to maybe get the title on Braun Breaker, imagine <laughs> giving that dude. The- <laughs> Dude, we can't be surprised though. This is the same guy that made. Uh, this is the same company that made Joe Hennig, Curtis Axel. I mean, that's yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah, it does. It does not make a whole lot of sense when you're a Steiner. Give him the Steiner and everything else. The outfit. I mean, the way the guy looks. Why would you not just call him Steiner? Why does everything have to be so goddamn complicated in this company, Justin? Oh. But he was great. I mean, he he is yeah. definitely a star in the making. Totally, uh, I liked I liked the set. I I think I put on Twitter. It, it reminds me of the old center stage a little bit with with the way the seating set up and everything. I like the brighter look. I've come around on the the logo. I I did not like that prior arena they set up. It was too dark and i i didn't like how it just felt like walls were surrounding the ring you know it was like so small the way that it was set up with the video boards and everything this is it just there's more air literally more air in, in the venue uh it's a good look i think that that was refreshing but i agree with you and there was some goodwill because people were curious to see what this would look like um, but uh i mean it's very clearly a developmental show now rather than a third brand you know, and that's, I'm not convinced how that is going to work, you know, on network television. Like, I can't imagine the USA people are going to be, you know, pretty thrilled with this. And I, I think personally for me, I'm going to probably get bored with it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, any, all the new outside of, uh, Braun Breaker, can we just, I think we're just going to call him Steiner going forward. <laughs> we're just going to uh, do it. <laughs> Outside of Rex, you know, none of the new people really thrilled me that I saw last night. Yeah, agreed. You didn't like the Mandy Rose makeover? No, that was a dumb dude. <laughs> she <laughs> she went from uh, she what was her name in the movie? Um, Olivia Newton John in Greece. She went from. Sandy, blonde Sandy, to the leather jacket wearing smoking Sandy at the end of Greece. That's what I felt like. <laughs> I, I, did, I did like smoking Sandy at the end of Greece. That's true. How could you not? How could you not like those leather pants? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. So, anything else before we take it home that we didn't hit tonight, Justin? That you wanted to talk about? Oh man, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I just. Do you have any thoughts on Champa as the champion going forward? I don't think it's long term. Um, I think it's okay because you know he's he's a name that's been around for a long time now as a top guy in uh, in NXT, and so with people viewing it as more of a developmental brand, I guess it's like a way to br- bring some seriousness to to the product and and draw in some viewers. But um, I was surprised. I will say that. Out of all four guys going into the show, out of all four guys, like I thought he was the least likely. You know, yeah. You could put it on a new guy, one any of the new guys, I guess. Like, I'm not really a huge LA Knight fan, but I, I would have bet my money on him. Um, you know, Kyle O'Reilly just beat Adam Cole, you know, on his way out the door, so that would have made sense. And I love Pete Dunn, and, and he just resigned. 
I I picked Pete Dunn. I would have picked Pete Dunn, although maybe that just seems too obvious since word got out about his new deal. Um, but yeah, I would have thought Pete Dunn or, or Kyle O'Reilly for sure. So Ciampa definitely was was surprising. You know, but. and that that might be that WWE brain that we still have in us a little bit. The whole it's too obvious thing. You know, sometimes the obvious is the way to go. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly. Obvious booking works. Look at AEW. Like they don't try to swerve the audience all the time. When you're always trying to outsmart the audience, it doesn't work. I mean, like pro wrestling has always been predicated on you go with what the crowd wants to see. You send the crowd. Well, this is what Kyle always says in the pod. You send the crowd home happy once in a while. Yes, do something surprising so that they can't always know what's going to happen. But more often than not, you know, you go with the hot, hot hand. And so it, it's surprising they wouldn't go with O'Reilly given what happened with Cole, for sure. But who knows? I Who knows with this company? You never know. <laughs> but uh, I always know I'm going to have a good time with you, Justin, Join, especially when I got a little bourbon, a little Elijah Craig in the glass tonight. Hey, Hot too. wrestling show. Nice. I thought you would, man. I poured that in inspiration because I thought that's probably what you were drinking. But yes, always fun to always fun to do these Spotify green room shows. They're they're pretty loose. We got a you know a live audience in the room as we record. People can call in as we go. If you guys want to hear these each and every week, you know, you're right right now, as I said at the top of the show, you're listening on the flagship podcast position. You're on Spotify. You're on Podbean. You're on Apple Podcasts. But this is usually a bonus show you can only hear on Patreon. And so if you support us on Patreon for five bucks a month, you get a bonus show from us each and every week. This one, Top Rope Nation Extra. And you also get a monthly bonus show. That is Top Rope Nation Classics. It's usually a two-hour deep dive on a classic wrestling event that happened in the month that we are in. So September, Justin Joint. This weekend, we are recording this month's Top Rope Nation Classics. We're looking at WWF One Night Only from 1997. That was the show voted on by our patrons. And we're going to have a very special guest on the line with us. None other than Wrestling Observer Newsletter Book of the Year winner, Liam O'Rourke. Yeah, <laughs> Liam O'Rourke was actually in the crowd for One Night Only 1997, so he's going to be bringing that live perspective for us. I'll put out a preview of that show in a couple of weeks on our main podcast feed, but the only way you can hear that whole show and almost 50 bonus shows we've done exclusively on Patreon in the archives is by signing up. Five bucks a month unlocks almost 50 bonus podcasts, including over 20 Top Rope Nation Classics deep dives they are all a ton of fun they're always we say this every single month among the best shows that we do and we got some goals so when we hit 25 patrons which i believe we're only one patron away from hitting right now i'm gonna release an unheard kyle ross solo podcast that he did here on spotify green room a few weeks ago and i haven't even announced this one publicly but i've got another goal on our patreon feed when we get to 40 patrons 16 more of you. All you got to do is sign up for five bucks a month. I am going to release the very first interview I ever did as a member of the wrestling media. And boy, is it a good one. This happened back in the fall of 2002. I found the cassette. I have digitized the cassette. cassette. Yes, indeed. It was on a cassette. I had to plug in a cassette recorder in 2002 (laughs) to a landline phone. Remember going to Radio Shack to buy the equipment to do this. I I interviewed a legend for my first interview ever in the wrestling industry, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Now, how often do you get an unreleased interview with Bobby the Brain Heenan? Uh, This interview is over a half hour long. It's never been heard by anyone in the world. It was almost 20 years ago. I will release that exclusively on our Patreon feed when we get to 40 patrons. So if you're not a member, get us closer to that goal so you can hear it. Sign up. Bonus shows each and every week. It's the best way to support Top Rope Nation and to help us grow the show. We appreciate it. If it's not in your budget right now, help us in another way. Subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a written review. And check out our YouTube page and subscribe there, youtube.com slash Top Rope Nation. That is free of charge. 
And uh, you can see right now, available exclusively on our YouTube channel, the vlog from All Out Weekend. I just put it together. It's a ton of fun. See what we did, myself, Justin, and Kyle, during AEW All Out Weekend, week and a half ago in Chicago, Illinois. It's available right now on our YouTube page. Check it out. Justin Joint, thank you for joining me tonight, sir. It's been a blast. My pleasure. Shout out uh, Taven. In the chat, he gets it. Bobby Heenan, the legend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I hope to release that very, very soon. So with that said, this has been Ryan Drosty here for Justin Joint and Top Rope Nation. We will catch you all next time. Have a great weekend and take care. Peace.